You, in order, in order to get to me, you have to fuck my thirteen evil exes. <laughs> or seven. I don't know why I said thirteen. I mean, that's this the sequel. The Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that sharpens the machete real close next to your face. But don't worry, everything's fine. Everything's fine, Jared. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared. Jared, what are you doing with a knife? Why is Greg the first returnee that we've ever gotten? (laughs) (laughs) We just brought Greg back. Greg And taught him Mandarin. Yeah. It's just, it's an elaborate ruse. I mean, Matt does always look like he's not quite comfortable in his skin, so that would make sense. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Steven. Yeah? I move to make January 8th, no, not January, June 8th, a national holiday. Why is that? Because Pat Robertson died, motherfucker! I'm just looking at the spike on the on the microphone. Rest in peace, you... Or no, sorry. Rest in piss, you dumb bitch. <laughs> so I take it you have some strong feelings on this one. You should only speak good of the dead. Got it. Pat Robertson is dead. Cool. Good. For those who don't know who this person is, enlighten them. Pat Robertson is, or was, a 90-something-year-old evangelical fuckwit who... Basically is the reason why religion has seeped so deep into politics. I mean, that's a little reductive. It's not down to one human being. But. But. I call him the Reagan of Christianity. (laughs) The one who took it and was like the root of all evil in our current generation with it. Sure. He is horrible. Was horrible. I... The smoke that's been drowning out the Northeast is not because of wildfires. That is just the gates of hell open to let him in. And the smoke got out. (laughs) Fuck that dead guy. I hate him. (laughs) Uh, He's the... He's the person who ran or founded the 700 Club, uh, which you might also know as uh, your your racist uncle's favorite uh, Christian morning show. He's horrible he was homophobic he's tra- he was he was transphobic he basically made a career out of twisting the bible to be a tool of subjugation rather than a book to like learn f- about your religion from it it's it's fucking horrible the only time i've really seen him and it, it is the 700 club is because i believe it was always, they would always re-air the morning program at the very tail end of the day. So when I was watching, I believe it was Whose Line Is It Anyway? I would watch reruns of Whose Line Is It Anyway on ABC Family. And then they would cut from the like four hours of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Because at the time, we didn't we didn't have better things to fill in that time slot with to the 700 Club. And I would always turn it off and go, I just want more Who's Line. <laughs> Fuck that dead bitch. <laughs> I, my, my social media was insufferable for like 24 hours afterwards because everything was just 
yay, this old guy that only people tangentially know, but is my arch enemy is fucking dead. <laughs> I love it. I wonder who got his last Horcrux. Oh my god. <laughs> if I find where his grave is, I will be peeing on it. And if it's guarded, I'll make sure that I like pee in a cup ahead of time okay. so I can pour it. Yeah. Yeah. It's cider. Don't mind me. Exactly, yeah. Take a take a drink. Take a drink, person who's guarding Pat Robertson's <laughs> fucking tomb. I will say, uh, quite a few people were like, I misread that and thought it was Robert Pattinson, which is, that was very funny. No, we People just thought I really fucking hated Robert Pattinson. They protect Robert Pattinson. He seems like a chill guy. He's fine. He's not an evil minister. Yeah. Speaking of things that aren't evil ministers, emails! If you wish to email us. Jared, don't look at me that Technically, way. everything in this world is either an evil minister or not an evil minister. I mean, see, that's why I did it. One of those categories is bigger than the other. <laughs> if you would like to email us, feel free to do so, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, or you can message us on Twitter, at SurvivorTBT, or Reddit, use slash SurvivorTBT. We have three emails today. One from Josh. Three notes here. One, some of the cast definitely felt bad for Roger when the episode aired. After getting to know him outside the game, I think they, they felt a little better about him. Again, these people are characters on this show, and you are trapped in an insufferable amount of time with these people. Even outside of the show, like, they're also only seeing one side of each other yeah. in the game. Yeah. But I do think he was sexist. <laughs> oh, he is. Let's, let's be clear. He is. Just because he's was. also polite doesn't yeah. mean that he's not... <laughs> Speaking of things that are also dead, that could have been the that could have been the transition. Eh, it doesn't matter. Two, Jenna and Heidi stripping for chocolate and peanut butter is by far the most iconic factors, one of the most iconic factors in Survivor history. Yeah. They both have said after the fact that they were planning on doing this from the very beginning. Of course. And it was purely just doing it to get famous. And there was a lot of push to get Heidi fired from her job as a middle school gym teacher. And she ends up either getting fired or quitting soon after the season. And the two of them went on to pose for Playboy a month or two after the episode aired. Wow. Allegedly getting a million dollars for doing the photo shoot. So they won They won the game right there. Yeah. I'll, they won their billion dollars. You didn't have to do anything and boom. I mean, you did something. It yeah. Is, I mean, it is a job. Use what you got. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Use every advantage you got in life. Mm. What would you... I don't know. What's your opinion? Would you care if your high school gym teacher was a Playboy model? I mean, I, I would have gone and looked. That's for sure. So, like... <laughs> Wait, is this incriminating? Do I need to not ask this question? No, but I mean, like, dumb, horny teenagers are dumb, horny teenagers. That's fair. There's a story... Actually, my, uh, my eighth grade English teacher was very short. Mm. And pretty young. I don't know how young because I'm really bad at guessing ages or estimating ages anyway, let alone when I was in middle school. But one of the students thought that she was a student oh. and was behind her in the hallway and was like, uh, uh, it was something like, you know, like, a girl, you got a nice ass or something like that. And she turned around and was like, excuse me? <laughs> Whoa. Well, that guy got in trouble, even though he didn't know it was her. Oh, yeah, still. <laughs> If a teacher walked by and saw that, they would still get in trouble. I would hope. Yes, yeah. it depends on the school district. Although, weirdly, I'm, play I'm playing Persona 5, and, like, teachers and students be fucking in that game, and it's kind of weird. That's a whole... There's a lot of Japanese culture that I don't buy into. Yeah. 
But it's all like fictional Japanese. Like these things don't happen in real life, but you hope not. God, I hope not. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so all that to say, like, I I don't think people should get fired from their jobs for for that. But it's also tricky because dumb you your 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 coworkers or the, your the people you are work not guess not coworkers, but like your your guiding students that are dumb horny teenagers. Yeah, you're in charge of children. Yeah. I don't know. You know what teachers don't get paid? What? A million dollars. That's fair. That's that's very much fair. I mean, I know like things like OnlyFans have really changed the game on that. Now anybody could be a porn star and make money. I mean you could anyway, but it's it's certainly changed how you get paid for that. We've gone grassroots porn stars. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. Grassroots everything. Yeah. All right, and then finally, your talk of creativity at the beginning reminded me of Survivor Michigan, which we've shouted out before. It's a pretty insane fan-made version, and I would recommend people check it out. Cool. It's, it's on the list. Put it on the list. Moving on to Carl. Carl, ah, the famous Roger episode. So many great quotes in this one, and I can't fit them all in my notes. But it's safe to say, this is the funniest episode in Survivor history up to this point in season six. Correct. Yeah, I love it. Little side note, and I don't remember if it was mentioned before, my dad spent about a year living with the Lakota Sioux in South Dakota. Oh, cool. And he calls the Native Americans Indians because he says that's what the tribe preferred to be called. I wouldn't know how that sentiment varies between tribes and individuals, but because I'm sure it does. Yeah. But he studied Native American history for a PhD and was pretty insistent that they preferred the term Indians to Native Americans. Hmm. And that is... A conversation. I'm from. It's so complicated. I am from that area, not from South Dakota, but I'm very close to the uh, University of North Dakota, who for the longest time were the Fighting Sioux, mm-hmm. and finally, after like a long drawn out thing, changed their name. They should. They absolutely should. Anyone who uses a Native American, like they should change. Looking at you, Florida State. Capitalism-wise, it's also stupid not to. Like, you get to rebrand everything and sell everything brand new. I know. So, like, it's not even like, a, oh, it's going to hurt us. It's not going to hurt you. It's good for you, too, you it's fucking idiots. You. The... <laughs> I thought it was funny because North Dakota, they struggled because they put in, like... They built the logo in granite into their very fancy hockey stadium like over and over again and it was that's gonna, hilarious it was gonna cost them a lot of money that's like, so funny who sorry but fix that and i i have heard that like you build it into their culture long enough like people like no this is who i am well yeah and it's the english word mm-hmm. that was used from the beginning of yeah. columbus arriving sure and then you go, actually, it's a different word now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah, it's complicated. It's, n- native peoples are not a monolith. Yeah. All to be said, call people what they want to be called. Yeah. I'm fine with that. If we're referring to general vibes, we're going to go with the most... Okay, go on. Saluting general vibes. Thank you. We're going to go on with the most culturally appropriate. And right now, it is native peoples, wherever they are. Yeah. But... Uh, at the time, clearly, we weren't there yet. So, there's that. Interesting. Notes. I picked principal for Butch because he was literally a principal in real life. But yes, he does fit the motivational coach archetype. <laughs> okay. Calling out Jared here. 
you don't like the red buffs because they don't stick out enough from the surroundings, and the last two did, but the last two buff colors were greenish yellow and blue. <laughs> we're in a jungle with a famous river going through I it. know! I don't know why! I, like, I, I'm not saying it's logical. Thank you, Carl, for backing me up on that one, because I felt like I was crazy. The flute song they play at the merge is one of my favorites. Mm, eh, beautiful. Love Dave saying, no one is thinking about the game at the merge feast, as the camera shows Rob, Dina, <laughs> Alex, etc., giving shifty looks and clearly thinking about the game. It's, it's really a testament to this season and this cast of characters that they made what could have been such a boring episode, because it had such an obvious conclusion. Mm-hmm. And they made it so entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It's great stuff. Not to slander Dave, sports fan. I still love him. It's I do love Dave. I think he's very... He's a fun person to watch. Yeah. Ooh, go on. He's fine. Okay. He's just kind of nothing. We got a lot of him in this episode. We did get a lot in this episode. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it more. Also love the military drum beat they put behind Roger ordering people around scene. Hilarious. The campfire sex talk scene is something that would never get shown on today's family-friendly show. I agree. It would... A lot about this season would be not shown. Interesting that Survivor used to be edgy. I know. In that way. Yeah. Because now, it from what, I, from what I've seen and from what I understand, it's much more... It's much better around social issues, mm-hmm. but less edgy. Yes, I agree. And those don't have to be mutually exclusive. And I think that's just the the game has grown with society. I don't think any show that has been on for 20 years, if it has not changed... It's dead. It's dead. Yeah. It should be dead. Favorite part behind the immunity challenge? Butch going, why me? As he's stuck between two young naked women. (laughs) Two attractive young naked women. Like, we get it, Butch. You're a principal. Like, you're putting on a... if they're being naked, let them be naked. Also, maybe happily married. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he's just like doesn't want to. Whatever. He's a very wholesome stand-up guy from what we from what we see. But you're right. It is a little bit like Ned Flanders standing in the middle there. <laughs> Actually, no. I walked that back. Don't don't let them be naked. I the fact that it was kind of like public conscious of like okay, everyone's kind of okay with this. I think is different. Mm. We'll 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 talk about this later, but. I'm 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 gonna walk back what I said. Don't let them be naked. Okay. Anyway, Heidi, who is middle school gym teacher, we talked about that. Rob's fisheye confessional is like he just brought a camera with him into the woods and is making personal video log about yeah. how he's manipulating everyone. It's like he snuck that footage into the episode. Like he recorded himself <laughs> and then he put it into the episode and didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Reality check and mate. Tina is so good. It's so good. It's- Wait. Dina? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I thought you said Tina, and I was like, what? Am I am I losing a name? What's going on? No, Tina actually snuck her way back into <laughs> the season. <laughs> Everything old is new again. Yeah. And finally, Propes actually bitched Rob out when he got back from the singing confessional because it was too loud. Everyone could hear it. <gasps> I have... I don't think Propes likes Rob. I have that in my notes for this episode. It's fair. I... I think that's a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be someone that he doesn't like in these early seasons. Yeah. For it to be Rob, I think that tracks. That tracks. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like it when players showboated back then, and he promised Rob his confessional wasn't going to be included in the episode. 20 years later, it seems like he finally got his revenge in <laughs> Paramount+. Plus. 
That's Be- funny. Beautiful. Thank you, Carl. And finally, last email from Tyler. Kelly hosted Celebrity Adventures on E! and lived in Mexico where she was taught or where she taught yoga. She was happily married but divorced and has a son. This is Wigglesworth? Yes. Yeah. I assume. Yeah, we're, we're doing the, the Where Are They Now for... That's the only Kelly we've had? Yes. Yeah. In 2000, Richard appeared as a celebrity contestant on the Australian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Interesting. Hmm. And got the fourth question wrong, winning nothing. <laughs> In 2015, Kelly and Richard both appeared on the first episode of a miniseries on National Geographic called The 2000s, A New Reality, where they talked about Survivor's impact on television and their experience on the show. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's great to me that like these people have grown beyond Survivor, but Survivor is such a thing. It's such an important thing in reality TV and yeah. just TV in general at the time. Mm-hmm. So... We're doing our part to bring it back, baby. Sure are. Mm. Anything else? I don't think so. Cool. Let's get to the episode. Let's get to the episode. Bumper. All right. So this episode came out on April third of two thousand and three. A couple things in the week between episodes. First one being in a friendly fire incident, two USA ten Thunderbolt twos. I don't know. What that is a plane. I think. From the 190th Fighter Squadron, attack British tanks participating in the invasion of Iraq, killing British soldier Matty Hull. Friendly fire! No good. No good. In a final match decider, England beats Ireland 42-6 in Dublin to complete a Grand Slam and win the Sixth Nationals Rugby Championship. The reason Uh, I want to bring that up is because 42-6. Rugby. I thought you were going to say that this was soccer, and I was going to be like, oh my god. No, 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 no. Yeah, I just just think that's wild. Uh, The Cincinnati Reds opened their new home, the Great American Ballpark, with a 10-1 loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's fair. Uh, George H.W. Bush threw the first pitch. W. No. Oh, yeah, H.W. Bush, yeah. Oh, sorry. H.W. H.W. It's not as fun. It's not as fun. And then, it's a lot of sports in this week. At 27 years... 249 days. I don't know why they needed to list his age like that. Weird. Texas Rangers infielder Alex Rodriguez becomes the youngest MLB player to hit 300 home runs. Oh, because of it's the youngest person. They have to count the days. Yeah. It's important. I I know that he's very good at baseball. Not a baseball fan. If anyone out there is, the man's very good at baseball. He is. Was. I mean, he doesn't play anymore. Now he owns everything, so it's fine. Uh, Into Club is still number one. Mm. It's a very popular song. It's hanging out for a long time. Our movies have changed quite a bit, though. Dreamcatcher fell away to six. Nobody liked that movie. Number five, Chicago. <laughs> Still hanging on. Number four, The Core. Number three, Bringing Down the House. Number two, Basic. Number one, Head of State. This okay. is the one I looked up. Okay. Steven. Yes? You want to take a guess on Head of State's Rotten Tomatoes score? I'm going to go with, like, a 36. Wow, that's really close. 30 for critics, 46 for audience. I'm so going to take it. You split the difference. Good job. E. This movie actually probably would be better today than it was then. Okay. It reminds me a lot of Veep, almost. Or Veep mixed with the show uh, Designated Survivor. Okay. A low-level Washington, D.C. public servant, Maze Gilliam, played by Chris Rock, is thrust into the national spotlight when he's asked by Martin Geller, Dylan Baker, the head of the Democratic Party, to run for president after the party's presidential and vice presidential nominees are killed in a plane crash. 
The odds are against Gilliam, mostly because he has a penchant for telling the truth about what is wrong with the country. Remarkably, his straight-talking style catches on with the public. Interesting. I just had a, a moment of... I remember walking through the video store in my hometown, and I feel like this one was on the corner... So I, I could al- I would always see Chris Rock's dumb goofy face like in front of a podium. With it looked a- like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's him and Bernie Mac. It apparently wasn't very good, but how many? This just shows we're not a politics podcast. We're not a politics podcast. <laughs> but like even back in two thousand three, people wanted some uh, genuineness in politics and thought that that could do well. And then five years later, Obama comes along, and then eight years after that, oh no. And we decide, nah, maybe not. <laughs> Some people people are okay with an honest liar, unfortunately. Jumping back one note. Funny that A-Rod, you're listing A-Rod's accomplishments as, like, one of the youngest. He now owns the Timberwolves. Ah. I mean, he owns many other sports teams, <laughs> but, like, he, he owns my basketball team. That you play for. That I play for. Keep in mind that I did not play for my high school basketball team. You jumped right to college. That's very impressive. Cool. What college did I play for? University of Mankato. Nice. University of Minnesota Mankato. No. Oh. University of Mankato. Minnesota State Mankato. Great. (laughs) I did not play sports in college. That's just where I went to college. Anyway, moving on to the episode. Episode 8, Sleeping with the Enemy. How do we feel about that title? It's not actually what's important in the episode, but it, we we say it. It's, we, yeah, it's true. It's a bit of red herring. It's funny that these episodes are back to back because last episode was maybe my favorite episode of the season. Okay. This episode is my least favorite episode of the season. Really? Okay. Tell me more. Well, last episode we knew what was going to happen, but they made it fun. Mm-hmm. This episode we knew what was going to happen and they treated us like we were stupid and didn't. Be- because of all the red herrings with Matt? I mean, it's okay to show that, but it just, I don't know. It focused way too much on Rob. Rob has become the narrator. Like, in fact, like at least this episode, he was like the narrator of what was going on. I agree. And not in a way of like, ooh, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. We got some of that. It was mostly just, here's what I think about this. Here's what I think about this. And I'm like, Rob, I enjoy you a little. I'm getting too much of you. I'm getting too much Rob in this episode. I think the producers have caught on that he is such a personality that we need to see more of Rob, but they might be steering into it a little too much. It makes me wonder if Rob goes home like next episode or the episode after, because we see in the next time on, like the predicted Dino Rob conflict is coming. I don't know if it's going to be next episode, but it is coming. And I had put in my guess that Rob wins that, but I'm not so sure anymore. Okay. So... Yeah, I'm going to leave that there. We're going to find out. Yeah. Anyway, hang the flag. Put it up there. Roger's gone. His underwear. His underwear is still here, though. Gross. So we we joke around with it. We, th- we throw it on a on a tree branch. And there's... It, my first impulse is like, oh, you still have two people that were Roger fans in the camp. Like, don't, don't alienate them. And then I remember how Roger behaved. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, actually... Never mind. Like, you can do that. Yeah, go ahead. It's fine. Go ahead. Dave looks like a broken man in his first confessional. <laughs> Dave looks like his, like, wife just left him and took the kids. It's so funny because he says in this confessional, no one really knows what's going on in this game. And 
Everyone but you does. Correct. Everyone except for you and Butch. But everyone except for you knows what's going on in this game. You were just the one who had no fucking clue. Butch is just the emotional support contestant. (laughs) I'm going to need some explanation on that. Oh, he's he's not a threat. He's not going to win the game. He's probably not going to win a challenge. But everyone likes him. He's just there for funsies. He's he's just there to make everyone feel good. (laughs) Is he this season's small young woman who's very kind and you're like oh you have no game strategy so i'm not really concerned about you but kind of okay i'd compare him more to like australia's roger okay yeah i see what you're saying like don't really have a strategy that we see i mean i'm sure he does he did his his strategy was ride with roger but he's he's kind of like he needs to be someone's wingman he's more there for the experience than the money he's not very cutthroat but he's a a very pleasant person to have around camp that people like yeah you know what so your closest ally just got voted out and you're feeling a bit on the outs so what do you do in this scenario to try to build friendships with everyone else? Uh, take the one person you already have an alliance with and go build a dock. Go build a dock. <laughs> That's what they did. Isolate yourselves and go build a dock. Dave and Butch go across the river, cut down trees for whatever reason, and everyone else is watching this and they're like, that, that tree, we need that tree specifically. Right, the one that gets, I mean, they're making fun of Dave for it and like also, Jesus Christ, Dave is so strong. Yeah. However, what they don't realize is that he's already cut down that tree and it's now sitting in another tree and it's super dangerous for it to be left up there because if it's, you get a strong wind or, you know, that branch isn't supportive enough and it breaks, like it could actually fall and hurt somebody. So make fun of him all you want. That was the right thing to do. He's right. Did he have to go climb up the tree to do that? No. Like a spider monkey. He was very athletic. Cut it again. Do it, do it more. Cut more. But they were trying to find these long trees, so like, I get why he did it. Still dumb. Yeah. Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> this, this strategy of Dave's, in the beginning of the episode, of I am who I am, this is who you get, and I'm just going to keep my nose down, is not the strategy you can implore when you're on the bottom. Correct. You can implore it if you're butch, because you're not, you know you're probably not in the crosshairs. I don't know about that. Butch is on the, It's either him or Dave. Yeah. As long as Dave doesn't win immunity, like, you look at yourself, you look at him, you do the math, you're probably fine. <laughs> okay. You can do it if you're second on the bottom. You might get screwed if that person on the bottom wins immunity, though. Yep. But you have to change something about your situation, and Dave figures that out a little bit later. You can't just, I'm going to show them how how worthwhile I am to keep around, because they already know that. They already know that you're worthwhile to keep around for your work. They want to get rid of you because you're strong. What's wild is I think Dave realizes it in the episode, but doesn't actively do anything to change. Like, whatever. We'll get to that in the reward. But yeah. anyway, this happens, and we cut over to Matthew sharpening the machete. Shink. Shink. He stares off into the distance. Shink. He sharpens that machete. He's so upsetting. He has... Have You've seen actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. I have. It's basically actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Running from your life from Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) Running for your life with Matthew Machete. Anyway, Dina calls him out on it. She's like, why are you sharpening it so much? He just keeps on going. Doesn't 
He just dissociates and sharpens the machete. He's gone full fucking like, here's Johnny. He He's listening because he, he responds. He's like, don't worry, guys. I'm a pacifist. The sight of blood scares me too. The lady doth protest too much. But then he continues on to say, well, human blood. I don't. I don't think I, I've, I've been I've been calling him Greg from season one. It's actually closer to Scoopin from season two. <laughs> That's actually a pretty accurate translation here. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> where Scoopin killed things under the guise of feeding the tribe, but really it was to watch them die. Yeah, I would not be surprised if like off camera Matt is like murdering frogs slowly just to see how long it takes them to die. Yeah, and part of me is like uh, I don't know. Maybe they fr- they needed a ploy to hide Dave's vote. So they're going to show Matt freaking everybody out. And like, and then we get a bunch of confessionals being like, holy shit, Matt freaks me out. Almost every, like Rob, Alex, Christy, all in the same few seconds are just like, yeah, I'm kind of, he is upsetting me. And Dina and Heidi both say something similar as well yeah. in later confessionals. Like literally everyone. That's, that's not a good look. It's not a good look. I'm sorry. And I'm sure it was pointed questions like, hey... Matt's been uh, sharpening that machete. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, they probably witnessed this scene at camp, and they were like, all right, let's go get some confessionals, guys. <laughs> we need some. Uh, everybody except for Matt. Come on, we're going <laughs> to... One at a time! Yeah. <laughs> that happened. We get to the rewards challenge. We get a bungee mud flag grab game. This is a great game. It's okay. Okay. That's... The first half of it is great. Correct. And... I think because of how they set up the second flags, it was not as fun. No, the second half sucked. The second round was too close. It was boring. All the flags were too close. They didn't have to like crawl through and really dig in. If I was doing this challenge, I would be freaking the fuck out about what if this thing snapped right now. Yeah. That's, that's an, Um, that's a critical hit. You take that bungee to the back and that is critical damage. You are down. Start death saving throws. I would rather take it to the back than the back of the head. Yeah, sure. I'd rather be stabbed than shot. Like, what's... (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Anyway, what happens in this challenge? You have... We're split up into teams of three. Everyone is working together to pull a bungee to collect five flags. And the team that does it the fastest will get to move on to a second round where you're individually strapped to a bungee and you only have to collect three flags. The the first round, I I genuinely, I think this was fun. Yes. I wish the teams were a little different. Yes. Because basically it was two teams and then the Butch, Rob, and Christy show where they were trying their best, but like, y'all... Y'all, you can't. And like, they even employed a good strategy Mm -hmm. of... Butch and Rob basically trying to pull it as far as it would go with their arms and then Christy like running to the end of the slack and trying to go farther. But like you three are just so physically outmatched when Christy's the strongest person in your group of three, you're fucked and Christy's not weak, but (laughs) you're missing Alex, Dave, Matthew. I think Dino's probably stronger than Christy. Like for the first time this season, we've really seen just a raw physical strength challenge. That is true. This is the first one. And it shows because you're right. The people who got lucky enough to have two big guys is the team that won. Yes. 
Yeah, Dave and Alex, yeah. Yep. So And Dina's probably the strongest of the women. I agree. Just unfortunate that that works out that way. Yeah. So that happened. The reward for this one is a is a nice cold bath. Are you would you be down for a cold bath? No. And it doesn't look like Heidi is either, by the way. Like they they the camera's on her when he says cold bath and she cringes a little bit. I was like, what why are we doing cold? I wouldn't want a cold bath. I no. And then banana splits and ice cream. That one I'm down for. Yes. Yes. Anything else you want to highlight about this challenge? No, I mean that's pretty much it. It was it's it's a cool idea. I hope they bring it back. I hope they make something better for the second leg of it, if they have a second leg of it. It's honestly probably better as I don't I don't know if like it's a good challenge for nine people. I don't know what the format it should be is. Maybe, I mean, maybe like a final five challenge and you just have five stations set up. Mm -hmm. I I just think it's better solo than in groups. I think this is one that, as we've seen before, it it would work as a solo challenge. I think having something else to play for and having two rounds of it does make more sense for a watch, uh, someone who's watching the show. Mm -hmm. Just the content wise, I don't know if we could drag that out into 10 minutes worth of footage for a single round that's fair anyway or make this do it until there's a final two and then do tug of war style oh it'd be kind of fun they're both there's one elastic between them and it was trying to pull the other person over yeah alex dave and dina win the first round and then dave wins the second round and then it's not particularly close it's not particularly close it's he he's very good at this and everyone's realizing oh dave is the physical threat that we yeah, thought he was dave what are you doing my guy <laughs> like no threat management you like that you know that the reason that they want you gone is not just because of your alliance like if you have if you take in like one second think about it think about how much stronger you are than everyone else mm-hmm. and now you're monkey climbing up trees and dominating a reward physical challenge yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So he gets to take one person on this reward, and so he turns to his teammates and he's like, alright, I got a number behind my back, one or two. And the camera does show us he it was two, and yeah. Dina guesses it. Takes Dina. I mean, that's the person you should take. It's correct that of all the people, that's the one you should be trying to get I think with. Alex would have been fine too. From, from his perspective, I don't know that he knows that Dina is... Is like the godmother. Sure, that's fair. And he already has a relationship with Alex. So if it's Alex, that conversation is a little bit more of like, "Hey, man, help me out here." So what you're saying is he fell ass backwards into a win-win situation. Correct. Okay, cool. Anyway, they get to this cute little, I don't know, bungalow. What would you call that? Yeah, a little hut. I guess. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> the ice cream is already melted. This is the worst reward challenge of the season, or it's... the worst reward, the actual reward that we've gotten. Yeah, yeah. It's bad it's really bad ice cream in itself you're like okay that's fun a cold bath and melted ice cream yum oh joy Uh, just that's on survivor if only they had a fridge they could have put the (laughs) ice cream in (laughs) that's on survivor that's just it and they try to like glaze on past it yeah but everyone could tell that that sucker is melted weirdly enough neither dina nor dave put any in their pocket for anyone else (laughs) (laughs) and they 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 realize this and they say, okay, let's flip it. Let's do the ice cream first because obviously you want to eat that before it's completely melted. Yeah. So they eat their ice cream. 
they hop in their bathtubs and they're kind of just like talking for a while. And Dave makes the pitch like, hey, what do I got to do to keep me around here? I, f- I know I'm on so the bottom. It was so fucking clunky. It was very clunky. It was so much of, if you're in that position, you know that you have no power. Yeah. I, I don't mind the please, but like you have no other angle for Dean. When you're one-on-one with Dina, you have no other angle of like, Hey, you save me. I'm loyal to you. Yeah. You like, like I, what's your alliance look like? Like he doesn't pluck for any information that we see ahead of time of like, you know, that it's an individual game. Yes. They have an alliance of five or I guess from your perspective, six, cause you don't know that Matthew's on the outs. Uh-huh. I guess he does at the end of this conversation though. <laughs> How are you not trying to work some type of deal? I don't, I don't know. It's, it hurts. And I, I know that this is me looking into the future being like, modern survivor, absolutely not. This would not play out the way it did. Because Dina just straight up is like, yeah, but look at the all of you. Yeah, and I will say, both Dina and later Alex and Heidi are all very honest with Dave. Mm-hmm. Everyone is super honest. And, and like, yeah, it's probably you. Complimentary. Yeah. They're not like, hey, we want to, and it, honestly, I believe too, except for Rob, they're not like, we want to get rid of you because you suck. Yeah. It's like, hey, we want to get rid of you because you're really good. Because we're scared of you. Yeah. We think you could run the table. Yeah. We have to get you out now while we can. How is part of Dave's pitch, just, if I'm Dave, okay. first of all, <laughs> but damn, I have a great body if I am. Uh, how's part of your pitch, hey, we've. We've only had one physical challenge so far, and it was for reward. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee that my skill set is actually good for the rest of the game. That's true. That's that's something you could pitch. I did really appreciate the... They're, they're having a great time. They're, like, laying in this bathtub, and then they kind of, like, lean forward into the front of the tub. Yeah. And they're just kind of, like... Imagine the... I'm king of the world scene, but in a bathtub. <laughs> and Dina's like fighting with the curtain between them. Yeah. Like, no, I want to talk to him. Move this fucking curtain. <laughs> it's just cute. Can you, and then they go on to like, yeah, maybe I can change your fate. Like maybe we can get rid of Matt because he's slowly declining. Yeah. I'll put it this way. Dave rolled for persuasion, but holy shit did he roll low. <laughs> Dina says this, and I want to know if you know what this is. Accelerate his fifty-one fifty status. Do you know what that means? What I'm thinking it is sure. is a, a misspeak. Honestly, um, it should be fifty-one forty-nine. But it's basically saying like, hey, those are the odds. Okay. Like the odds are. That's how I took it. Fifty-one percent chance you're going home. Fifty percent chance Matt's going home. Should be forty-nine. Accelerate that to get Matt to fifty-one and get you back to forty-nine. Sure. I thought it was, like, a, a reference to something of, like, yeah, maybe if we can get him to, like, go even crazier. Maybe it, if it is, I don't know it. That was, I took it as the other thing I said. Okay. I chose not to look it up, so here we are. Hey, everyone. Jared here. I looked it up while I was editing the episode, and it turns out a 5150 is the number of the section of the Welfare and Institutions Code, which allows an adult who's experiencing a mental health crisis to be involuntarily detained for a 72-hour psychiatric hospitalization when evaluated to be a danger to others or themselves. So yeah, that kind of tracks with the behavior we're being shown thus far. And back to the episode. Moving forward, we get back, and everyone is, well, before they get back... Everyone's realizing that Dave is now eaten three times in this game. Mm-hmm. 
people have not eaten at all. Mm-hmm. Certain people. And he showered twice. Yeah. So, I mean, he... One of those he got for being the youngest. Yeah. But he still has it. And that plays a part. Wait, doesn't Jenna say she hasn't eaten at all? <laughs> Something like that. Jenna, yeah. you're a fucking liar. Jenna, d- don't do that. You're a fucking liar. You yeah. were on the retreat. <laughs> but Jenna and Heidi are like, mm, fine, whatever. We don't need the fat. <gasps> which which prompts us to go into Rob's, the twigs and... The twigs and... St- <laughs> twigs and... St- I can't say this. Twigs and sticks speech. <laughs> Why? It's infamous, though, Jared. It's such a, a... I don't want to call it funny, but it's such... All of it is just very early Survivor. Yeah. It's very early 2000s. Like, we body shame these women for being skinny. And, like, fine. I don't know. Maybe they're in on it, those two, because I would not be surprised if they are. But then Rob being like, if you rub those twigs and sticks together, I'd catch on fire. <laughs> Oh no, I have to do the entire thing because it's just, it's a lot. We call them twigs and sticks. Their legs certainly are twigs and sticks. And I know I certainly would catch fire if I ever saw twigs and sticks rubbing together. What the fuck? I mean, it's clever. It sounds like he's been working on this stand-up set somewhere behind the scenes this entire time. He's getting a little too, like, incel for me. Rob's the original incel. Yeah. I just want to take a moment and reflect on previous seasons. Just as a good point to do it. Okay. So, I can now see why Marquesas gets forgotten. Because Amazon is kind of just a better Marquesas. Okay. It has a lot of the... Like, what made Marquesas stand out in the first five seasons was it had actual fucking gameplay... And some likable people that you were like, that you were like, ooh, they, they're, they're a little cringy, but I like them. I enjoy them, but I'm morally conflicted on them. And this season has the, has all of those same things, but better versions of them. Yeah. So I can see why Marquesas gets left behind now. And like, compare it to fucking Thailand. Like, sure, like I said, this is my least favorite episode of this, this season so far. It's better than any episode in Thailand. It would be your favorite episode in Thailand. Oh, I'd be like, this is a work of art. <laughs> like a cast a, once again a cast of likable people makes such a difference yeah it does it really does yeah and people complain that everyone is too likable in the modern seasons and i get it but you at least have someone that everyone is cheering for or everyone is cheering for at least someone yeah i if if i understand that criticism correctly it's usually everyone's too wholesome mm-hmm. i do want some version of rob's some version of Rogers, like mix one or mix a couple of them in a season and it's good. But I would rather have a full season of like golden boys of like Dave's than a full season of Ted's. Don't worry. We have not reached peak villainage yet. There are some just downright scoundrels coming our way. Yes. Anyway, Dean and Dave get back and they're hungry. They've just been on a reward, and they're hungry. Doesn't matter. You you can't you can't talk about it. Don't be fucking stupid. Especially Dave. Don't be fucking stupid. Yeah, they they get mad. They're like, Dave ate a whole bunch of fish, and he just had a reward. 
And again, I feel bad because the reward was shitty and they really didn't get that much food. This is the Nalia, do you want my mint scene again? <laughs> We're doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. They just, yeah, Dave being like, oh, it wasn't even, it was like two bananas. And like, dude, have you forgotten where you are? Yes. Have you forgotten who you're talking to? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And then they go to bed. Dave and Heidi cuddle during this this night session. And, and Rob, Rob goes full incel. Rob's pissed. He's so pissed. Someone in my alliance is sleeping with the enemy. I want to be sleeping with her. <laughs> I want to be that person. If anyone gets to cuddle with the women, it's me. It's Rob. Rob. Is this the first time that someone has voted someone out so that we can just snuggle with them in the shelter? Yes. <laughs> it's a dumb it's a dumb way to look at it, but yeah. Yeah, we voted people out because they've snuggled in the shelter. We voted people out because they got snuggled with against their consent in the shelter. Yeah. But never so that they could replace them. I want to be there. That's also not how human interaction works, Rob. No. You're not it okay. <laughs> Jared is so upset. Because it's it's the it's the incel attitude, right? It's the women don't like me because something's wrong with them or because because this other guy's stealing my spot. And what you're saying at that point is like it's taking it's like taking away agency from mm -hmm. Heidi and being like, "Well, she will snuggle with anyone. She'll snuggle with the best option by default." Like being alone is not something that you consider an option for her. She will snuggle with you if Dave's not there. Or Maybe make the effort to be likable and not creepy. There was a moment where uh, earlier in the episode, Jenna and Heidi go off to, to bathe or whatever. And Rob says something, but I don't think we really get it or it's not that important. But like their body language towards Rob is a little bit of like, yeah, we put up with you. But like you weird us out, man. Oh, I didn't catch on to that. I might be reading too much into it with everything else that's happening in this episode. But Rob is just get, like, when Rob's talking about the game, I love Rob. When Rob's talking about women, I do not like Rob. I think just uh, circle back to the one thing that you talked about, about how something is wrong with these other people. Something is wrong with these women because they don't like me. It's just an excuse to not have to better yourself. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> we wake up and there are gnats flying above. And this is just a little side note because it doesn't really go anywhere. Again, Rob has just become the narrator. I think it's really funny that gnats are flying like above people's heads. And it's just, they just circle around there. They're flying. They like dip down into the hair and they come back up. It, it's literally their Sims diamond <laughs> above their head. This is filler. <laughs> this is entertaining filler. It is. I think it's, it's fun. This is filler done well. Yes. And then Matt kind of talks a little bit about like, oh, this is, I think this is a great group. I, I really think this is, is great. I'm glad I'm around Rob. Rob's good at this game. I'm clueless. At least he knows he's an idiot. It's true. <laughs> and then Rob is sitting there saying, I need him to believe that he has a different deal with me than he actually does because I need him to not go apeshit crazy on this and blow up our spot. Yeah. And he's like, if, when we vote him out, he might just turn and kill us all. <laughs> Which is like a joke, but is it? I do love a fake deal. This is what I was talking about when I said that Rob's plan was genius back when they were two tribes. Mm -hmm. Of like, if you're going to keep the person on the bottom around, they cannot feel like they're on the bottom. Correct. I love this scene because for me, I think this is some of the worst acting of a fake deal I've ever seen. And it actually working. Yeah. Because... Like, he is not selling this very well. No. Like, he's stammering. He He's 
<laughs> trying to put as much effort to like make him feel good and if it was anyone other than Matt, I feel like they would have been like, I'm a little concerned about this. I don't know. I feel like that's just how Rob talks to the men in the men on the season that aren't like Butch and maybe Alex. Okay. Like I the same way that he's talking to Matt in this scene, like I feel like he was that way for a lot of his time when it was an all guy tribe. So I don't know, but it's not it's a very diff it's a very like insecure, weird kind of Rob that you and I know is lying. But if I was Matt, I might be able to be like, Why are you being so weird, guy? Yeah. My dude. Just relax. While you stare at him and sharpen a machete. <laughs> relax, my friend. <laughs> Whatever could you be nervous about? <laughs> anyway, we get masks in tree mail. Everyone gets a mask and it's already in the shape of you. Cool. What do we how do you feel about these masks? I don't know if they're racist. <laughs> it is a weird subject because they are supposed to be representative of the contestants, but also it's in the style of something that is racist. Well, and I, I don't I don't know anything about Brazilian uh, culture or sure. native Brazilian culture. Those could be, they could be actually like accurate and mm -hmm. respectful. And I don't know. I don't really trust that the show knows either, especially when we have a blackface idol. Yeah. So and tree mail. It, it just always, yeah, the tree, I saw the tree mail one again. I went, it was a jump scare. Like I forgot that <laughs> it was there. I don't love it. I'm just want to move on from it. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt that it's them. So therefore I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Do, make them look terrible. I'm all for that. Yeah, maybe I'm a little overly sensitive to it because of season one and because of the idol where I'm just like, we're in these people's homes and now we're mocking them. No, I'm there with you. Like, it does feel like, hmm, that doesn't feel quite right. There's some, there's some ick living down in, my, in the pit of my stomach. Anyway, they all paint it up. It's, it's cute. Did They're... you catch that Jeff forgot the word buff? Yes, I did. Hilarious. <laughs> we get, we get to try, er, we get to the immunity challenge and Jeff's like, hey, I love all the things. He looks over at Rob's and he's like, I love your, um, what did headband. he call it? His headband. Like, Jeff, we've established this entire lore. You can't say headband. No, no. Anyway, we're playing a trivia game and you win, you get to chop. It's, it's three lives. I'm glad that Jeff mentions what this challenge is mm -hmm. at Tribal. He's like, this is the pecking order challenge. Like, the point of this challenge is you know your spot on the tribe. It's a good challenge to get rid of Dave because yeah. it's not actually competition-based. It's basically a vote before the vote. Mm -hmm. It's like an open vote. And it is a bad time in the season for it. It is. It's weirdly the one season where you're like, we don't need this. No. I We've already had the shakeup. Like, you get down to... In this scenario, you get rid of Dave, you get rid of Butch, and then suddenly, okay, now you can have a pecking order challenge. That sounds fun. Well, and they do, yeah, they do Dave and this Dave and Matthew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it just, I, I don't blame Survivor for that. It's just kind of, it's kind of nothing because we already know. And the, and Dave already knows. Yeah. Like, Dave's already been being very upfront with people and just being like, hey man, I know you're gonna try to vote me out. Maybe don't, and they yeah. go, yeah, but probably will. And he goes, ah. Ah, darn. Darn. Ah, gosh darn it. Yeah, so, like, it's there. I get it. I get why it's there, and we've definitely needed it in past seasons. In this scenario, we don't really. <laughs> so, really, we're, we're asking questions, 
And I'm just going to highlight some of these because they're funny. The What is Guarana? So one thing I, before, I, energy drink, did not expect that. Hilarious. But it has, I mean, I guess Guar is like G-U-A-R is like a root word for something that's in a lot of energy drinks. So oh. makes sense. I thought this was the hardest trivia that they've done in any season. And yet for the contestants, it was the easiest. Yes. I didn't know fucking any of these and could not guess from the context clues, hardly at all. But almost everyone got every single answer right. <laughs> and they did a good job because the, I mean, the first question was trying to hint at you guano, which is bad drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not. But you're right. My biggest issue with this challenge is they did it in reverse of what it should have been. They put the difficult multiple choice questions at the beginning Mm. And as we went on, they got easier. They were then true or false questions. And I'm like, but if you do it that way, then everybody gets to participate. And like early on, you want everyone participating because you want people going every which way. Yeah. At the tail end, if everyone chops, then the questions are meaningless and you're just going by order. I still wish they did these where if you, because it does, it like, it does kind of feel like Dave got fucked in the way that like he didn't get a real immunity challenge to protect himself. Yeah. I kind of wish if you got the question right, you couldn't be chopped that round. I agree. I think yeah. that's a good one. And then you just give harder questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other one that I think was fun. What's a Bushmaster? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, wait. This is where I was like, oh, Jeff fucking hates Rob. Yeah. Where Rob was the only one to get it wrong. Because like you thought it was a, you thought it was a, a park ranger basically, or you thought it was like a ranger. He goes, I thought it was a porn star before you gave me the options. And Jeff sandbags him so fucking yes. hard. Jeff's having none of it. He's like, fucking god, no. Jeff doesn't even smirk. Yeah, he just goes, mm. Mm. all right, <laughs> all right. Well, then we get down, and worth noting that all the ladies were the last one. We chopped all the guys first, and then it was the ladies. And who won this? Jenna. Jenna. Jenna wins. Jenna has... We've even heard a little bit of her do, and the show has tried not to. Mm. Like, we learned afterwards that, like, her, Rob, and Dina strategized, but we only saw it from Dina and Rob. Yeah. She plays this challenge well. I mean, it doesn't really matter who wins, it just matters who loses. Correct. So, eh. But she answered pretty much all the questions right, except for one early on. She has a solid concrete strategy that is working for her, and her name is not on, on anybody's lips as far as a threat. Like, she is playing an amazing game of Survivor, and Survivor's trying not to show that to us. Mm, interesting. Yeah. All right. Cool. Because she's hot, so she's not supposed to have brains. Makes, I mean, Yeah. We can't have the hot person winning the smarts challenges. They're, they're giving Heidi all of Jenna's screen time. Mm. Mm, interesting. Okay. It's like, oh, we, we can't show two young women. <laughs> so we get back from the challenge and we're again, we're trying to play off. Well, maybe we're going to vote for Matt. As Matt is chopping his shoes in half. <laughs> That, I will say, that got me. That was the moment where I was like, maybe they are going to get rid of Matt. He's trying to MacGyver his shoes into <laughs> sandals. Like, and he's saying it so creepily. He He's whispering to yeah. us and like, like other people are around watching like, him do this. I think that'll make me a lot happier. And meanwhile, <laughs> fucking Christy's just watching like, 
And Christy can't hear anything that he's saying. Yeah, not at all. That's, mm, yikes. <laughs> Big yikes. No, 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 thank you. <laughs> yeah, we, we get to tribal and I don't know. We, Matt, this just shows how not, just how little Matt understands his situation. Correct. Because he's like, I fit in now. I feel like I have true friends around us. And everyone's just sitting there like. Ugh. One thing I want to say before that. I like Alex a lot. We haven't gotten a lot of him. But mm-hmm. I didn't know entirely how I felt about him. Because outside of his showmance, we haven't really gotten to see him. Yeah. I really liked his conversation with Dave. Mm. It was very much like, hey man, I like you. I respect you. You're a threat. You gotta go. Yeah. And he seems very charismatic. I think I'm excited to see more of Alex coming forward. But yes, you're right. Matt is delusional. Yeah. And Rob can't hide it. His face is just like, what? Can't do it. And Jeff calls him out. And Rob recovers pretty well. Yeah. I don't know. Just there's so much, so much funny in all of this. That that Rob, like he's like, uh, Jeff says, like, Rob, you you had a lot of going on in your face when Matt was talking there. And Rob catches himself so quickly. He's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I've been with Matt the whole time. And I'm just, you know, really happy that he, that he now finally feels like he fits in. And it's been a long road. And I was like, Rob, genius. Yeah. Well played. I don't know. Like, he's grown so much. Good for him. Uh, Good cover. Good Good cover. Good cover, my dude. Yeah. So. Also, (laughs) one more thing from Tribal. Heidi, shut the fuck up. She's like, yeah, the men just kind of eliminated themselves. <laughs> and like, suddenly like Dave and Matt are looking around being like, are we getting, and even Alex, I think a little bit of like, fuck, are we getting played? Yeah. Heidi, shut the fuck up. No. Even if you're, you, you never let your enemies say too little. Anyway, Dave goes home on a sweet vote, which means that Butch also voted for Dave. That's true. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we we have lost Dave. How do you think Dave would do in Future Survivor? Eh. Eh. He always has high potential because he's a golden boy. I think he got caught in playing... Like, I think Amazon is a big shift in, in Survivor and a big shift in strategy in Survivor. Mm. And he did not adapt. And he learned this episode that he did not adapt, which is the episode that he went home. Yeah. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. He's not a great judge of character to be running with Roger and being like, yeah, that's what we'll do and we'll play season two again. That's my guy. But you're probably never going to get rid of him pre-merge. He's a great provider for the tribe. He's great in challenges, not just physical challenges. Like he does well in, um, in mental challenges and like dexterity challenges and all that as well. So I think his floor is probably being like a first merge vote. And his ceiling is probably like a final four. And then if he wins immunities, he can make it. But I don't, I don't necessarily ever see him being a winner. It does. This does feel like he's fitting right where he should have been. Yeah. He will. He would always be the Colby to somebody else's Tina. Yeah. Honestly, there's not a whole lot of information about him out there. He does not play again. Okay. So there's that. But I mean, he's a rocket scientist. So I'm assuming... He just continues being a rocket scientist. Sure. I want you to look at this picture because he looks almost the same as he does when he's playing. Oh my god. Like, for reference, this is, like, where are they now? Yeah. This is, uh, who got voted out a couple episodes episodes ago? The, our 
our like love interest for everyone. Shauna. Yeah. So this is Dave. This is Shauna. Oh wow. Shauna looks very different. Very different. So like we have a, a big range in what these people look like. Sure, yeah. And Dave just the same ass guy. <laughs> just old. Yeah. Just old guy. Um yeah. Um who is your protagonist of the episode? I, it is actually Dave. Okay. We Rob is narrator, but Rob is not protagonist of mm-hmm. this episode. We are following Dave. It is Dave's story. It's Dave's story of him trying to kind of save save himself, but not in a strategical way, just like in a, please, please, it'd be cooler if you didn't. It'd be a lot cooler if and you didn't. maybe that's why this is my least favorite episode of the season. Like, it doesn't have a strong protagonist. It doesn't have a strong story. What is supposed to happen, happens, yep. without much resistance, without much strategy, and hopefully it's setting up for a good episode next. What's wild is in this Survivor Wiki, the post-Survivor section is empty. Wow! Usually there's some stupid trivia fact of like, I don't know, he went on to run a marathon once. Sure. But no, it's just empty. Yeah, he's kind of a boring guy. Yeah. Funny story, though, is that he would not have been the youngest in his tribe and therefore sent to the reward with Jenna had Ryan still been in. Yeah, I, I, I thought I remember that Ryan... I thought Daniel was younger, too. Oh, possibly. Funny. All right, anything else for the episode? I don't think so. I'm, I, the, the, next, the next time on looks pretty good. All right. So, yeah. Let's get the drama. Bumper. Drama bumper. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Burr. Thank you so much for joining us. We're winding our way through the season. It feels like it's gone really fast for whatever because it's, it's good. It's that's fair. Because <laughs> it's not a chore to watch the episode. Yeah, but we we have a jury. We're starting our jury. We have the first member of our jury. Mm, delicious. Anything you'd like to promote? If you're in the Chicagoland area, uh, I saw a friend of mine's show yesterday. Uh, it's called Footholds. Mm. It's at the Den Theater. It's by the Imposters Theater Company. It's very good. It's basically a 10-minute play festival, but I, I, the, really they're more like 15 minutes each. Okay. All around like one connecting one connecting thing. In this case, it's a trolley. And it's very good. I'm not a, always a huge 15-minute play festival guy. A lot of times it's new underbaked writing, which is fine. It's good exposure for new artists. But I go in with low expectations and I could have gone in with high expectations and still been very impressed. So right. it's very good. Nice. For my thing I'd like to promote is sending your friends who are about to get married money for their wedding. No. <laughs> you have a role to play in this, so you're not, I'm not asking. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, wait till you see my booking fee. P- <laughs> we may have to reconsider this. <laughs> I'm just saying. Weddings are we don't even have a venue where it's stupid expensive. Wow. Alright. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. My host Steven. This is Jared. Bye-bye. Send us money. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>